bestbookbits.com presents Stumbling on Happiness by Daniel Gilbert, published in 2006 and weighing 336 pages. Bringing to life scientific research in psychology, cognitive neuroscience, philosophy, and behavioral economics, this best-selling book reveals what scientists have discovered about the unique human ability to imagine the future and about our capacity to predict how much we will like it when we get there. In this brilliant, witty, and accessible book, renowned Harvard psychologist Daniel Gilbert describes the foibles of imagination and illusions of foresight that cause each of us to misconceive our tomorrows and misestimate our satisfactions. With penetrating insight and sparkling prose, Gilbert explains why we seem to know so little about the hearts and minds of the people we are about to become. The written summary can be found on our website, bestbookbits.com. So without further ado, I bring you the book summary of Stumbling on Happiness. The book in three sentences. What makes humans different from every other animal is that we think about the future. However, our brains fall victim to a wide range of biases that cause our predictions of the future and our memories of the past to be inaccurate. Because of these mental errors, it is remarkably difficult to predict what will make us feel happy. The greatest ability of the human brain is to imagine, to see the world as it has never been before. What makes humans different from every other animal is that they think about the future. Our brain makes predictions incredibly quickly and about nearly everything in life. When our experiences don't match what our brain expects, we feel surprised. The frontal lobe is responsible for planning and anxiety, two key future-orientated functions. Our frontal lobe is what allows us to be the only animal that experiences and envisions the future as we do. We like to daydream because the mere dream itself can be a joy. Within a few weeks, even earthquake survivors tend to return to previous levels of optimism. If we don't have the opportunity to predict our future, it is more scary than if we can predict a bad future. Verbal shock study. One of the central needs of humans is to control things. Enacting control over your own life is a source of pleasure. Enacting control over your own life is a source of pleasure. Imagination's three shortcomings are number one. Imaginations tend to add and remove details, but people do not realize that the key details may be fabricated or missing from the imagined scenario. And number two, imagined futures and past are more like the present than they actually will be or were. And number three, imagination fails to realize that things will feel different once they actually happen. Most notably, the psychological immune system will make bad things feel not so bad as they imagine to feel. Experience is unobservable to everyone except the person who it happens to. The pursuit of happiness is built into the very definition of desire. The researcher tourist study where a construction worker obscures the researcher with a door. We don't notice changes if we are not focused on an experience as it changes. In this case, we rely on our memories to remember and recognize a change, but our memories are quite faulty. Nobody really knows what happiness feels like for others, and there are lots of research-backed reasons why. So that means we can't say definitely whether someone is in a situation that might seem bad to us, like being a conjoined twin, it actually less happy than we are. In fact, it's entirely possible they are just as happy or even more so.
They only think they're happy because they don't know what they are missing. That's actually the point. Not knowing what we are missing is the very thing that allows us to be happy despite not having some other opportunity. The experience stretching hypothesis, your exponential background can dramatically change your happiness levels. Once you know something exists and have experienced pleasure from it, then you define of happiness changes compared to what it was in the past. Psychological arousal can be interpreted in a variety of ways, and our interpretation of arousal depends on what we believe caused it. But our beliefs can be mistaken, and thus we think we're experiencing one thing, when in fact we're experiencing something else. We can be wrong about our own experiences. We might call this the language-squeezing hypothesis, because it suggests that an impoverished experiential background causes language to be squashed, as it were, so that the full range of verbal labels actually represents a very restricted range of experiences. The danger of this theory is that we all have different experiences, and that means nobody actually knows what happiness really is. Experience and awareness are closely related, but not the same. Experience refers to partaking in an event. Awareness refers to being cognizant that the event is happening. Psychological sciences will always be imperfect because we are trying to observe someone else's subjective experience, but it's the best we've got, and the closest an outsider observer can get to understanding the inside of someone else's mind. The Law of Large Numbers When a phenomenon arises from very large numbers of something, but not smaller versions of it, for example, Billions of neurons led to a conscious human brain, but two neurons are not a small version of consciousness. One person's subjective experience of happiness in life might be imperfect and subjective, but we look at hundreds of thousands of people's truths and patterns start to emerge. The individual imperfections cancel out. What we think is reality is merely just a version of reality. It's just our interpretation of the world. Our brains fill in all sorts of information each day. Our predictions are influenced by our experiences. We make assumptions about things that we predict based on the previous experience we have had or have heard before. When we imagine the future, we often do so in a blind spot of our mind's eye. It is easy for our mind to notice what is there. A dog barking, but very difficult to notice the absence of something. You rarely recognize a dog not barking as an event, because it's just silence. The silences, misses, and absences of events are critical in determining the real-world implications of things, but we rarely pick up on them. We tend to remember what did happen, but not what didn't happen. A life with blindness is about a lot more than being blind, but when we imagine life as a blind person, we tend to only think about seeing and forget all other parts of life. When we imagine the distant future, we tend to imagine things in generalities and gloss over the details. When we imagine things in the near future like tomorrow, we tend to think in concrete details. It could be useful to perform an exercise where you write down the concrete details of future tasks, events, goals, etc. This will force you to be clear about the specific action steps and fully imagine the details of the events rather than remaining in dream mode where the details are fuzzy or forgotten. Do this each week or month. 
one of imagination's shortcomings is that it takes the liberties without telling us it has done so. When scientists make erroneous predictions, they almost always err by predicting the future will be too much like the present. Everyone tends to use the present as a way to imagine the future and influence memories of the past. Thus, our memories and imaginations are often closer to our current reality than actual reality. One of the hallmarks of depression is that when depressed people think future events, they can't imagine liking them very much. Your starting point matters because we often end up close to where we started. This could possibly be applied to many areas of life, memories, socioeconomic status, education, etc. Habituation effect decreases pleasure with repeated cycles, but it can fade over time. Variety is the spice of life. Variety is the spice of life. can be false depending on timing. When considering options available to you during a single session, like many appetizers at one meal, variety is good. When considering options spaced out over time, like what to order at your favorite restaurant each month, go with your top pick every time because the habituation effect will decrease between each session and you will get full enjoyment each time. Presentism refers to judging historical events or people by modern day standards. It is largely useless and unfair because you can't expect historical figures to make the same decisions as we do now because they lived in a very different context. It's sort of like arresting someone in 1920s for not wearing a seatbelt. Most people overestimate how terrible traumatic events will actually be. For example, quadriplegics and earthquake victims generally rate themselves as much happier than people would ever imagine. We cannot do without reality and we cannot do without illusion. We cannot do without reality and we cannot do without illusion. Each serves a purpose. Each imposes a limit on the influence of the other. And our experience of the world is the artful compromise that these tough competitors negotiate. We all look at our version of reality through rose-colored lenses. But that version still needs to feel credible. If it's too good, then we will reject it. Research shows that people actually feel less pain when they believe they are suffering for something of great value. We have psychological immune systems, which often get triggered when we experience particularly traumatic events. These systems protect us from events that would would assume would be intensely painful, and thus we are able to recover from them better than often assume we would. People are not aware of the fact that their defenses are more likely to be triggered by intense than mild suffering. Thus, they mispredict their own emotional reactions to misfortunes of different sizes. We're more likely to look for and find a positive view of things we're stuck with than of things we're not. It's only when we can't change our experience that we look for ways to change our view of the experience. Inescapable situations will trigger our psychological immune systems, which then promote our brain's ability to deliver a positive outlook and happiness from an escapable situation. We tend to overvalue freedom. We can easily imagine all the benefits freedom will provide us, but we tend to underestimate the fact that freedom hinders us from moving forward because we are constantly debating if there are better options out there. Only when we are fully committed and gone all in do we reach an inescapable situation 
where our brain can easily justify our behavior and circumstances. Simply writing about traumatic events, especially if you explain the event itself. People show increased psychological and physiological well-being, including increased viral antibodies. Uncertainty can preserve and prolong our happiness. Uncertainty can preserve and prolong our unhappiness. When events seem rare, unexplainable or strange, we tend to value them more than the things that can be explained, seem ordinary or otherwise make general sense. Note, does this explain something about why we love to believe myths or religious stories, often with very strong emotions? The least likely experience is often the most likely memory. We tend to remember the best of times and the worst of times, not the most likely of times. There is little evidence supporting the idea that women are more irritable during the menstrual cycle. Wealth will make you much happier when you go from poverty to middle class, but not much more happier beyond that. Some making 5 mil per year is about as happy as someone making $100,000 per year. Everyone says that having children is a wonderful and joyous experience. When you actually measure happiness of parents, however, you see that it is not raised at all. We continue to perpetuate the children bring happiness belief because it is a super replica. That is, people who believe kids are great tend to have them and pass on that belief. And people who believe the opposite tend to avoid having kids. The average person doesn't see themselves as average. The average person doesn't see themselves as average. One example, 90% of motorists consider themselves to be safer than average drivers. Rather than being caused by pure selfishness, this could be an indication of our tendency to believe we are unique and different from others, in good and bad ways. We don't always see ourselves as superior, but we almost always see ourselves as unique. Berichelli's calculation for happiness, multiply the odds of getting what you want by the utility of getting what you want, i.e. probability x pleasure. Each successive dollar provides a little less pleasure than the one before it. The determination of value of an item must not be based on its price, but on the utility it yields. The problem is that it's nearly impossible to predict the utility we will get from our choices because of the many biases we have. People are sensitive to the relative rather than absolute values. And that's a wrap on Stumbling on Happiness by Daniel Gilbert. Subscribe to our channel for future summaries and check out our website bestbookbits.com for the written summary and more. To buy the book, use the website store where you'll find this book and hundreds more to browse and purchase. Thanks for watching and I hope you learned a thing or two about stumbling on happiness. Have yourself an amazing day and thanks for watching and listening.